the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. everybody another Al Gattulo craft beer cast right here on AM 970 the answer you ever get stuck in a moment you can't get out of apparently Bono and you too have had that uh, we've got a great show for you tonight uh, a guest that's going to be joining me later this hour somebody that we haven't had on the program in quite some time and I'm excited to talk to this gentleman uh, when we have him about 20 minutes from now uh, we've got news and notes to get to but first how can you follow me very easy at Al Gatulo on Twitter, Instagram at Gatulo. That's G A T T U L O. Facebook.com slash A G Craft via email at Albert G at NYC Radio.com. Don't forget, we're on iTunes, Google Podcasts. Just do a search for A G Craft Beer Cast. We're Alexa ready as well. We're on Odyssey.com. Uh, the Hopped Up Network as well. Just head over to the Hopped Up Network.com. You can download and listen to this uh, wonderful broadcast, at least I think so. Uh, whenever you feel like it, and you can uh, listen to it at your leisure. And there are a plethora of others as well. Speaking of which, uh, Selling Craft Beer, um, my good buddy Sean McNulty, thank you for the shout-out at being a cane and trying their new seltzer because it was the impetus of my weekend, last weekend, going down to Cane uh, with my wife and another couple uh, to try the seltzers. Uh, in addition, of course, to you know the, the husband and I drinking the beer, uh, the seltzers were a big hit. So um, uh, thank you uh, for that suggestion. It was one of those things that popped, uh, popped up on Instagram. I saw it, and I said, hey, we've got to do this. We've got to check this out because one of our friends is gluten-free. She can't drink beer, but, of course, she can have the hard seltzer. So that is a good thing. Now, coming up in 20 minutes, Brett Bullock, the owner of Screamin' Hill Brewery, in Cream Ridge, New Jersey, will join me. They've recently celebrated six years as a farmhouse brewery. We're going to discuss that. We're going to discuss a lot more uh, with him uh, for the fact that they are pretty much, at the last time we talked, or the last time I saw him and we talked was a couple of years ago, and he said they were about 90% sustainable. My guess is by now they're 100% sustainable uh, on the farm, and uh, wanted to talk to him about that and what they have upcoming um, and some other things as well. Uh, with Brett, so it'll be uh, it'll be great to catch up with Brett Bullock from Screaming Hill Brewery in Cream Ridge, New Jersey. And if you haven't been there, you really should go. It's right past uh, Six Flags Great Adventure, uh, easy ride off of 195. Um, they're only open Friday and Saturday. Uh, sometimes I think on Thursdays as well. I have to I have to double check their schedule, but usually it's Friday and Saturday. They have limited hours, but they have really good beer in a beautiful farmhouse setting. 
We'll get into that with Brett in about 20 minutes from now. Our good friends from Founders, they've announced their release date for Oktoberfest, and that is going to be hitting this August. It's a 6% ABV, a beautiful German malt and hop with beautiful uh, lager yeast for the finish. Um, uh, It'll be available in six packs and 15 packs of 12-ounce cans nationwide coming up in August. Uh, Pricing in the Founders Tap Rooms will be $10 a six-pack. Prices will vary by market. This is a really, really tasty Oktoberfest, and um, it's a really nice beer to have, and the price point uh, can't be beat. Usually, you can get... um, you can find most founders beers anywhere between uh, ten and fifteen dollars um, <clears throat> in terms of either a six pack or a fifteen pack. Sometimes I think the fifteen pack usually runs around seventeen, eighteen dollars, which is not terrible uh, when you think about it. So, founders puts out some great stuff and uh, loves supporting those guys. They always do a great job. Couple things from Dogfish Head. I don't know if you've uh, uh, we got this press release a while back. Didn't have a chance to get to it, but. Dogfish had uh, re- launched a four-episode Mother Nature Let's Do This docuseries highlighting the East Coast conservation initiatives of the Nature Conservancy. So the episodes dropped, I believe it was on July 1st, and I'm pretty sure, and I could I could be standing corrected here, that the, um, the episodes were all released sort of simultaneously. So Sam and Mariah Calagione, they traveled the East Coast to different places to learn about um, the restoration of, you know, essentially uh, conservation and Mother Nature and re- returning some of the elements back to uh, the land itself. What I thought was interesting, they again, this was all over. They started in Florida and worked their way up the East Coast. They actually made a stop on Staten Island uh, to discuss coastal resilience because, obviously, a lot of the uh, eastern-facing shore of uh, Staten Island on the coast and how um, it was affected so much by Sandy and how they've uh, restored it. So really cool. It's a great uh, episode. Uh, it is. Um, it encompasses three or four of Sam and Mariah's stops. Each episode provides viewers with off-centered beer pairings for their post-adventure celebrations. So they, they pair up sequential with a particular spot that they're at, Lemon Quest, a non-alcoholic beer that they have, which, by the way, is a fantastic non-alcoholic beer. Um, you know, 60-minute IPA, they do a bunch of different things with this docuseries. Uh, you just go to dogfish.com slash Mother Nature to learn more about the project. Very cool. The other thing that they have done, Dogfish Head, they have launched uh, with Tipsy Scoop uh, the launch of Hazio. It's a dairy-free ice cream that actually has booze in it, which is very cool. National Ice Cream Day uh, was this past week. It usually coincides right around the All-Star break with baseball. Funny story, real quick. I uh, got a pitch years ago from Edie's Ice Cream uh, to talk to their ice cream taste tester, their, their big muckety-muck or whatever. So I said, sure, why not? You know, And they said, oh, we'll send you some ice cream. I figured we'd get like a pint or two or whatever. They sent us three cases of ice cream, half gallons of ice cream, of all different flavors from Edie's. And we got to sit and talk with this guy about how he tastes various things. His tongue is insured. He doesn't eat spicy food. He has a golden spoon. It was a fascinating education in ice cream and how they get the different flavors. So anyway, um, Dogfish Head is doing this project with Tipsy Scoop um, to put together this Hazio. So they use their um, their Hazio uh, IPA, I believe it is, uh, to combine it with the ice cream. Uh, and it is made with oat, oat milk from Elmhurst 1925, the same oat milk that is found in Hazio. Uh, packed with notes of chocolate, caramel, cinnamon, and coconut. Again, it's a dairy-free ice cream. Uh, and like a typical beer, each pint 
is a 5% ABV ice cream. That's pretty cool. Uh, consumers 21 and, and older are invited to purchase a pint for twelve fifty. A pack of four uh, runs $49 on Tipsy Scoop. It's nationwide shipping available for all 50 states while supplies last. They've made a limited edition of this, so you definitely want to jump on this uh, as soon as possible. So cool stuff from Dogfish Head and Tipsy Scoop Ice Cream, a dairy-free ice cream that's out now. Very cool. Our friends from 21st Amendment Brewery out in San Francisco, they are hosting an epic birthday party at their San Leandro Brewery. It's taking place on Saturday, August 21st from 1 p.m. to 7 p.m., the 21st Anniversary Party, a.k.a. August Fest, as they call it, salutes the major milestone of 21st Amendment turning 21. Uh, they are going to have uh, a bunch of different things going on here. They're going to have live music from East Bay Mud and Dr. D Band, a private cigar lounge, food trucks, Urban Roots Barbecue, La Ploblana, 21st Amendment Tap Room, food truck, and others. They'll have kids' activities, birthday beer collaborations with Fieldwork Brewing, Three Weavers, Urban Roots, Faction Brewery, and the Good Hop Bottle Shop. Uh, they are going to be uh, teaming up with each brewery's head brewer for a limited edition release to be available at the 21st anniversary party. They're also going to host an on-site farewell party for their neighbor, uh, Cleafus Aquili Brewery, who closed last year with a pop-up beer tent, pouring seven of CQ's beers. Very, very cool. Again, it's a general admission event. It is free. Uh, the admission is free. Beer and food purchases require tickets. Sold on-site at the brewery the day of the event. And again, it takes place from 1 to 7 p.m., they're uh, on August twenty Saturday, August 21st, and their anniversary West Coast IPA is launching this month in six packs in all 33 states, which includes New Jersey, uh, where 21st Amendment distributes, as well as New York, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, kudos to the folks from 21st Amendment uh, on their 21st, Amendment, uh, 21st anniversary party. And finally, our friends from Ghost Talk Brewing, they tried to make an event happen twice last year that didn't happen, once for their one-year anniversary and again, in, uh, last September, but of course, COVID-19 uh, struck that down. So they are locking in a date for this September. The date isn't set in stone yet. However, they are going to do a big parking lot jam uh, in their parking lot right next to uh, Rutt's Hut in, uh, in Clifton. Uh, they, uh, they, they're doing this poured fresh event, which they did in September of 2019, and they had a great time there. Food, vendors, uh, beer tents, DJs, they had all kinds of stuff going on there. So they're planning this again for September, but they're looking for food trucks and vendors for this year's event. They really want to showcase the talent in North Jersey, uh, the amazing artists, creators, small businesses, and, of course, food. There's limited space for the event. If you want, drop them an email, events at ghosthawkbrewing.com. That's events at ghosthawkbrewing.com. If you're in North Jersey, you've got a food truck, maybe you're a vendor and you want to sell some stuff, uh, and you want to get involved in this event sometime in September with Ghost Talk Brewing. They're going to be reviewing emails over the next month or so. They'll reach out to you um, if they want to get you in on this event. So our friends from Ghost Talk Brewing, again, great little place right in Clifton, New Jersey. They are right across from Rutt's Hut. They've got parking on the street. It's a really, really good brewery, uh, where you, and they have a distillery next door as well. It's not theirs, somebody else's. But um, you grab a couple of beers and then go right across the street to Rutt's Hut, grab yourself one of the best hot dogs in New Jersey. Get yourself a ripper with all the fixings on it. It is fantastic. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. Now, when we come back after a short break, we got more news and notes from around the beer world. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer.
Welcome back to the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Top of the world from Van Halen from the For Unlawful Carnal Knowledge album. Sammy Hagar says this is his favorite album from that uh, Van Halen, or as some people say, the Van Hagar error. Um, I disagree. I think OU812, I think, is my favorite from the Van Halen era, and the reason why is because it came out during my senior year of high school, a month before I graduated. Uh, But this album took them two years to complete, uh, put together and put out, and this is the tour that um, I got to meet Sammy and Eddie and Alex and Michael for the first time when I worked uh, in rock radio. So it has particular uh, a particular memory for me and nostalgia for me. Uh, and going to see them at Jones Beach, I'm pretty sure it was this tour. No, it might not have been. It might have been a couple years later when they were touring on the last studio album that they made. But um, always had a good time with them. And if you're following uh, Sammy Hagar, they have a Van Hagar Instagram account. Uh, that him and Michael Anthony kind of share stories about the albums that they made together uh, in their years with Van Halen, and it's it's pretty cool. It's uh, it's an interesting thing, and you get some stories and all kinds of cool stuff behind it. Now, coming up in ten minutes, Brett Bullock, he's the owner of Screamin' Hill Brewery in Cream Ridge, New Jersey. He's going to join me. They recently celebrated six years uh, as a farmhouse brewery. In fact, they did that the weekend before uh, the last weekend. Uh, we're going to discuss that and a lot more, and that takes place just under. 10 minutes from now, but we have got a lot of news to get to. Boston's Trillium Brewing um, have been making all kinds of moves all over Boston over the past decade, and they have now um, opened up their uh, Trillium Canton uh, place, which apparently they're calling it their for, its forever home. So it's 15 miles southwest of Boston's uh, downtown um, it is a massive new headquarters that opened its doors to the public back on July 1st. It's got a, a beautiful lawn punctuated with Adirondack chairs, Blue Mountain views. And as Boston Magazine has reported, Trillium's new home, which spans 20 acres, also features a 10-barrel brew house, an enormous industrial chic 500-plus seat tap room, a lush landscaped beer garden, a wood-fired restaurant overseen by executive chef Tyler Kennett, uh, formerly of Harvard Square's Harvest, uh, event spaces in a not-yet-opened distillery. Now, the original brewery in Canton is still in operation, but all of the action uh, apparently has transitioned to this new destination, uh, and eventually its overall production will be there as well. So if you haven't made the trip yet to Trillium's uh, new space, you should definitely check it out. I- I'm I'm kind of torn. I have a lot of vacation time coming, and um, I really want to try and do a beer trip or two somewhere. And I had all these different things in mind. And I'm thinking Boston might be the way to go before it gets too cold um, and kind of explore. Because, listen, I'm a big fan of Treehouse. I like Trillium. uh, And it would be nice to explore some of the other things that Massachusetts has to offer. And I've never really been up that way. So um, it's it's a thought. We'll see. Um, another place that I've got to get back to that I've been to before is San Diego. And speaking of which, Ale Smith Brewing uh, is coming out with a new limited edition seasonal beer, Tropical Marmalade Hazy IPA. This is a fresh edition of Ale Smith's limited release lineup. It's available in select uh, markets starting this month. It'll become more widely available from October through the end of this year. It's Aloha and Sa- Sabro Hops giving this uh, glorious, hazy India pale ale intense notes of coconut, red berries, uh, red berries excuse me, and mango. 
Uh, it is a 7.1% ABV, so kudos to the folks uh, from Alesmith. By the way, speaking of which, uh, in terms of um, what you can do to help your local economy, obviously you can help out by buying uh, beer from you know your local brewer. But the other thing that you can do is take is is uh, take place or, or or take part in excuse me, New York City's Restaurant Week. It is going to last more than a month. There re- and restaurants are taking reservations right now. It's a five week um, restaurant week this week. They want everyone to go out and eat and support local restaurants, and I'm going to try and do that uh, as they're recovering from the pandemic. Restaurant Week will kick off on July 19th, and it will last through August 22nd, which is really cool. So if you want to help, directly help local businesses, and you're in the New York City area, New York City Restaurant Week is going on right now. Uh, A lot of restaurants participating, either lunch or dinner or both, and you can get a a prefixed meal set at a certain price. They're running specials, uh, all kinds of different things. But the the best thing that you can do is help these local restaurants uh, and tip heavy. Uh, I, I've been tipping way over my standard 20, 25%. You know, it, it's upwards of 35%, sometimes 40. You've got to help. We've got to help these local restaurants. If we don't, they're going to go out of business. Uh, dropping, uh, the, uh, actually dropping already and uh, dropping um, this coming week from our good friends at Ross Brewing. I don't know why I'm having a tough time trying to get this out, but anyway, it is uh, dropping in New York and New Jersey. To the Moon, it is their 8% double dry hop New England IPA with Citra Mosaic and Galaxy. Uh, flaked oats, flaked wheat, an out-of-this-world taste as they describe it. To the Moon, juicy and tropical notes of the Citra Mosaic and Galaxy hops. It is, again, a perfect 8% hazy to bring along with you no matter where you're going. They also have a special gold foil collector's can. Very cool. Uh, my thanks to John uh, Cacosa for getting this over to me. Tagging me in a couple of posts there. Uh, our friends from Founders, we mentioned it in the, um, in the last, in the last uh, segment, but they're also coming out with another beer. Uh, that first, we mentioned their Oktoberfest, but this is a new one, Velvet Rush. Inspired by high-end craft cocktails and moody jazz clubs, Velvet Rush takes the bourbon barrel-aged brown ale up an octave with free-flowing notes of coffee, chocolate, and vanilla. Milk sugar weaves together this complex tapestry of flavors to create a unique sipping experience that really ties the room together comes in at 11.1% ABV. It'll be available on draft and in four packs of bottles in uh, the tap rooms of Founders on August 6th, and the rest of us can expect to see it nationwide uh, in September. So very cool there from the good friends from Founders. Uh, Weldworks, uh, they have created CryoHop Advanced Fluid Dynamics. Uh, but they're taking it on the feel of Demolition Man. Remember the movie Demolition Man with uh, Sylvester Stallone and Wesley Snipes? Um, good comic book, uh, poor execution on the movie. Let's put it that way. However, uh, they have come out with a double India pale ale brew with uh, Cryo Citra, Cryo Sabra hops, and Luplin Lotus powder. It is uh, $18 for a four-pack. It's limited to six four-packs per person. Uh, was available this past Friday in cans and on draft in their tap room at Weldworks. Cans will begin distribution across all territories uh, beginning the week of July 19th, which starts tomorrow. Five Boroughs Brewing, our friends over at Five Boroughs, they've announced their fourth anniversary party. It'll take place in their tap room, which is located at 215 47th Street in Brooklyn, New York, right off the BQE. 
A very short drive if you're coming from Staten Island. Uh, on Saturday, August 7th, the party will kick off at noon. It'll run all day long. They're going to have a DJ and a food vendor both going live at 1 o'clock, plus new merchandise and a specialty beer release. It's all happening. RSVP to their Facebook event or keep your eyes peeled on their Instagram and Twitter for updates. Um, I am, Unfortunately, I'm, I have plans that day. Otherwise, I would have loved to have been there. I love the guys at Five Boroughs Brewing. They do such great uh, great work. And, and indeed, their Please Swipe Again, which is their 8.5% ABV making a comeback. It was a special release for their second anniversary bash. Their, this hazy double dry hop, double IPAs, hop bill, Citra, Simcoe, Galaxy, and Mosaic produces waves of tropical juiciness. It is available right now in their tap room and in select stores. So kudos to the folks from Five Boroughs. Hard to believe it is four years uh, that they are out there as a brewery, and they make some great beer. And, again, like I said, very convenient to get to. Not a lot of parking over there, and public transportation really doesn't go out to that way in Brooklyn, so it is a little dicey for a parking spot. But let me tell you something. It is absolutely uh, worth the trip. The beers there are excellent, and their tap room is great. And It's a cute little tap room. Um, finally, Cape Beverage Distributing, which is the uh, distributing arm of Cape May Beverage, uh, they have announced another top-notch brewery to their roster, Pennsylvania's Workhorse Brewing Company. It is a partnership that will help bring workhorse beers to the New Jersey market with three core brands, New England IPA, West Coast IPA, and Golden Lager, as well as two seasonal brands, Cucumber Mojito and Prickly Pear Margarita. It will be available throughout the state beginning August 2nd. As Ryan Krill, the CEO of Cape Beverage, says, we've created a hybrid model that offers members of the alcoholic beverage industry an, alt- an alternate route to market in New Jersey, we have statewide distribution to 1,700 points of distribution with an experienced team of industry professionals. And I don't doubt that. I, you know, what, what Ryan has done, uh, and he said it in my interview with him a couple of weeks ago, he said, look, we give you the opportunity to showcase your beer, and we don't, we don't lock you in for the lifetime of your brewery. If you don't like the deal after a couple of years, you can leave and go somewhere else. I think that's an equitable, um, a, a fair way of distributing uh, somebody's beer. So, again, four different beers, a New England IPA that's a hazy with uh, 6.7% ABV, a West Coast at 7%, uh, a Golden Lager at 5%. It's a Munich-style Hellas Lager. Uh, the Cucumber Mojito is a 5% cocktail-inspired Key Lime Goza Ale. And then their Prickly Pear Margarita, this comes in at just under 5%. It's a Goza brewed with sea salt, prickly pear, and Key Lime. Again, available on August 7th, it'll be distributed workhorse uh, all throughout the state of New Jersey. And for more information, just go to capebeverage.com. When we come back after a short break, Brett Bullock, the owner of Screaming Hill Brewery in Cream Ridge, New Jersey, will join me. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. <laughs> Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, you can follow me very easily on Twitter at Algatulo, Instagram at Gatulo. That's G A T U L O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast. Of course, we're on uh, the Google Podcasts, we're on iTunes. You can do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. Uh, find the shows there. We're Alexa ready as well. Odyssey.com, iHeartRadio, and of course, 
We are on the Hopped Up Network. You just head over to thehoppedupnetwork.com, and you can check out the podcast version of this show, usually Monday mornings, a couple minutes after the show is over. We pop up the podcast there, and you can download it and listen to it whenever you feel like it. Now, my next guest, he's been running a farm down in Cream Ridge, New Jersey, for a very long time, but a few years ago, he takes a dabble into making beer, and let me tell you something, folks, it is really good. Fast forward. They've just celebrated their sixth year anniversary as a brewery, in addition to still having the farm, etc. Let me tell you something. Best pumpkins I've ever picked, Christmas trees, all kinds of fun stuff that goes down on the farm. Uh, just go to Screamin' Hill, and that's Screamin', you leave off the G there, hill.com. Uh, that's the website for more information on the brewery. But let me welcome back to the program. It's been a while since we've had him on the program. Brett Bullock. Brett, how are you? I'm doing great, Al. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Brett, six years as a true farm brewery in the Garden State. First, congratulations. Second, could you have ever imagined that we would be sitting here talking six years later and really you've barely scratched the surface on on making great beers? What's the feeling you have after six years? Is it happiness? Is it excitement? Is it kind of a relief to get the six years? What's the feeling that you have? Yeah, it's a lot of excitement. I mean, we definitely... um Never kind of expected uh, it to turn into what it did. We had pretty modest um, ambitions when we started it. Uh, we just wanted to have fun and make some beer and and, uh, and share it with some folks. But we've had some you know really great responses and turnouts. And um, yeah, we've been able to really do some exciting stuff over the last six years. And we're we're really pumped to uh, to keep going and and just keep growing and keep expanding and um, and just keep making awesome beer and 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 growing as much on the farm. Um, yeah, I mean, after six years, we're we're just really excited to keep going, uh, and, and, and just super grateful. I think more than anything to uh, to our kind of our local community for, for kind of getting us here, for getting you there and supporting you, and that's always a good thing. Now, uh, obviously, the pandemic last year put a crimp in a lot of people's plans to to expand or, or et cetera, or do otherwise. But are you now one hundred percent sustainable on the farm when it comes to making your beers, or are you still having a por- you know a small portion of having to uh, to get product and stuff from other places? Yeah, we're still getting some stuff. We we um, grow some hops, but our hop production is is not nearly what we what we use. So um, in the six years that we've been doing this, we we came to realize that uh, that we're we're not going to be a, a full fledged hop farm. Um, you know, I, I like growing hops and it's fun, but we we kind of do it uh, more as a more as a hobby. Our, our focus we've we've sort of been able to focus our efforts for for the agricultural side onto the grain. Um, and that's really where our focus is. So we're um, we're just trying to grow the best uh, best base malt we can. And uh, you know, we still buy a little bit of specialty malt here and there. You know, your black malts and things like that. Sure. Um, because the malt houses we work with don't do those things. But um, but yeah, we're our, our real focus is just on that that malt that you know what we call the backbone of the beer. That's what we want to be able to produce. Um, and then the other stuff is kind of ancillary, you know, our pumpkins for our pumpkin beer, our, our tomatoes and basil for that heirloom ale in the late summer. Right. Um, that stuff, uh, we like to do, but the, really the focus is on the, uh, on that, uh, on the grain and barley. Gotcha. Yeah. We're talking with Brett Bullock. He's the owner operator of Screaming Hill Brewery. They're located in beautiful Cream Ridge, New Jersey folks. Just right off. If you head down 195, you get off where Six Flags Great Adventure is, go right past Great Adventure, uh, the first right that you can make. Just follow the trail. You'll see a, a church on your right-hand side. Make a right there. You'll find the farm. It's only a couple minutes off the road. Uh, for more info on the brewery, you just go to Screaming Hill, and you leave off the G there for ScreamingHill.com. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Now, 
For the sixth anniversary celebration, Brett, you released three different bottles of beer, which you had to buy a- as a set. Can you tell us a little bit about those beers? Yeah, we were really excited to uh, to release that. That was part of our 1860 Farmhouse series, uh, and it's named after 1860 was the year that my family bought this farm. Right. Um, so that's our that's our farmhouse ale. It ferments in a fooder. Uh, we use the Solera method, so it's kind of a continuously fermenting <laughs> um, beer that's always evolving, and we ferment it with a Saison strain from East Coast yeast, uh, along with two strains of Britannomyces. So it's like a um, it's like a tart, funky kind of fruity farmhouse ale. Um, and we did two variations of it. One of them was a cranberry uh, with some local cranberries. Uh, we, our family used to grow cranberries back in the 1800s, and that was the main crop. So that's kind of an ode to our origins back when we bought this farm. Um, and then we did another one that was kind of uh, in honor of our, of our old farm dog, Ginger, who uh, is kind of like a, 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 she's everybody's sweetheart, everybody's friend, everybody at the brewery knows her and loves her. So uh, we wanted to do something in honor for Ginger. And, uh, uh, so, so we released it as a, as a three pack and a box set and you get a collecting, uh, 1860 10 ounce glass with it. Um, and it's been, it's been going awesome. We were really excited about it. Very, very cool. Now, what took you so long to, I, I noticed on the website, you, you put, you, you know, you put down your beers and what you have, uh, and it, it says here a true Pilsner. So what took you so long to make a true Pilsner? Was, did it have anything to do with the pandemic or the fact that, that you had the time to make something that takes a little bit longer to produce because obviously you can produce an IPA in about three or four weeks, but pilsners and lagers obviously uh, take a, a take a longer period of time. Was it was it the pandemic related? Yeah, sort of. Because well, it made us sort of refocus what we were doing. It did give us more time to brew things that we that we couldn't justify brewing because, like you said, when you're trying to turn over ales, we're, we're still really small. We've added some tanks over the years, but. Right. Um, fitting everything that we want to do in is difficult, and throwing a lager in there really is kind of a monkey wrench in the, in the schedule. Um, but we 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 love doing it so much that we're we actually bought a 15 barrel fermenter and plopped it into the tasting room because we ran out of the room back in the brew house. Um, so we're and that we kind of did that so that we could produce more lagers. Uh, so now we're doing a Hellas lager, we're doing the Pilsner, and then we're getting ready to brow our Oktoberfest next week uh, into that 15 barrel to have it ready for fall. Um, so yeah, that, that's one of the great things about, <laughs> I guess, uh, slowing down. It gives you kind of time to focus and do what you really want to do. And we, um, we, we're really excited about our loggers. That's something that we're going to try to keep doing. We've actually got two going in the back now that we're going to can, uh, in a little while. So, oh, um, yeah, nice. the, the loggers is something we're really excited about. Our, our future expansion plans certainly involve a few 30 barrel horizontal lighter tanks that we're really, All really right. excited about. We'll get into that in just a second. Talking with Brett Bullock, the owner-operator of Screaming Hill Brewery, located in beautiful Cream Ridge, New Jersey. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer, and, of course, the website for more information on the brewery and the list of beers that they have there, Screaming, leave off the G there, Hill. Uh, dot com. Now, uh, Brett, I was just at Alternate Ending Beer Company uh, this past week in Aberdeen. They had a New Jersey craft beer event there, and I noticed that you guys did uh, a saison collab uh, with them. How did that come about with uh, between you guys and Alternate Ending? Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Those guys stopped out here like right before the pandemic. Um, oh wow! I think when when yeah when Brandon was uh, was thinking about coming up and joining the team, I believe, and they were right. touring some breweries. They stopped in, and we had a lot of fun hanging out with them at our place, and then. Um, you know, we had a random afternoon where we um, wanted to take some time and go do a visit. So we went up to visit them uh, a few months ago, wanted to get a bite to eat and check their place out. Right. And um, the guys were, you know, amazingly hospitable. We hung out with them for, for a while. 
and um, just hit it off really well and decided it'd be fun to brew, brew together. So they wanted to brew a Saison with our grain at their place, so that's what we did. We brought up some Pilsner malt, and, um, you yeah, and we and we decocted a, um, a Saison that was just, just turned out so fantastic. I was finally able to get up there and try it a few weeks ago, and um, just so pumped about how it came out. It's, it's a really good one. I highly recommend anybody... Uh, that hasn't been there, go check that out. Yeah, I, I have to tell you, as soon as I walked in and I saw that on the menu, I said, oh, that's my first beer. Give me a full pour. I don't even want a half. I want a full because I'm, <laughs> I'm a sucker for a great Saison. So what is – you touched on it, but what is next for Screaming Hill as you embark on your seventh year? I know that the far, you know, every, everybody says, oh, well, you know, I go there and they're only open on Friday and Saturdays. I'd love for them to be open on a Sunday. And, you know, it, it needs to be a little bit bigger, but it's so – quaint and perfect i mean from my point of view it's so quaint and perfect when you go there and you can just sit and you have your your your, your little seat and you enjoy your beer and it's really nice but what's next uh, as you go into your seventh year i know you mentioned uh doing more loggers but is there any talk about maybe expanding a little bit more making uh, more of a space or has the uh the kind of the um i guess you guys were doing circles uh, with chairs and stuff where people could reserve seating and stuff. Is that going to be uh, more of that, maybe adding a few fire pits or something like that? What's the what's the plan? So, we're, yeah, so we are no longer doing reservations. We are just open normally, which we're really excited about to right. not be doing that any longer. So no more reservations. Um, no, our, we've actually been planning for a number of years now to build a new facility on the farm. Um, we've, we've maxed out this building um many times and we right. keep finding new ways to max it out but yeah we're planning to build a new building on the farm um we've got the plans they're actually at the state uh, under review so we're hoping to build a new facility uh, so that we can be open more um and have more uh times for people to stop in and, and enjoy the farm uh we are working really hard to to keep it nice and quaint and have that nice that same atmosphere that everybody loves uh, but yeah, we want to be able to get bigger so we can brew more of those loggers. And then, you know, we want to be able to do more wild stuff. This facility, we'd love to turn into just a wild facility for doing mixed fermentation, and, um, you know, barrel aging some, some more things and just giving us a lot more ability to be more versatile and do all the fun stuff that we, uh, don't necessarily have the space or time for right now. So that that would be, that would be really cool. But Brett, let me just ask you before we, we wrap this up here. So is it a township issue that you can't stay open later or is it more of a personal decision from, from your end where you don't have the personnel and stuff to expand to a third day or to open up a little bit earlier on the weekend? More just because um, it's still a working farm, and it's, you know, right next to the family houses. Right. And, um, my parents live here, and my aunts and uncles and cousins, and there's a bunch of people that live, you know, pretty much right surrounding where the brewery is. So uh, we try to keep it early and, and kind of kind of family hours so that it's uh, the family establishment, even though we are a brewery, you know, we love having the families come out and, um, you know, don't, don't want it to feel like a bar. And it's more just, um, for, for that, that farm aspect, the fact that it is a working farm. And, um, uh, but you know, the part of our expansion would be kind of removing it from this, uh, residential part of the farm and, and making it, uh, so that we can, you know, stay open later and do some more fun stuff. Gotcha. Uh, but that is the reason for it. And, you know, I tell people you're you're not at a bar. You're at, you're pretty much at my mom's front lawn. So <laughs> right, right. And she wants you to keep the noise down just a little bit because exactly. she wants to be able to go to sleep at night. I get it. My guest has been Brett Bullock. He's the owner operator of Screaming Hill Brewery, located in beautiful Cream Ridge, New Jersey. For more info on the brewery, you just go to Screaming. Leave off the G Hill dot com. Brett, thanks so much for joining me tonight. Very much appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me on, Al. It was great talking to you. You got it. Up next, it's time for Suds and Duds on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. 
Final segment of the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. You can follow me very easily on Twitter, at Al Gattulo, Instagram, at Gattulo, that's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast, via email, AlbertG at NYCRadio.com, or on iTunes and Google Podcasts. You just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can find the shows on those two platforms. We're Alexa-ready as well. We're on Odyssey.com, iHeartRadio, and, of course, the Hopped Up Network. You can download and listen to the program on the Hopped Up Network. Uh, usually a few minutes after the show, uh, I put the um, the podcast version up there, and there is a plethora of other um, podcasts that you can download and listen to at your leisure. Let us dive right into it. we got a lot of beers to get to, um, and I don't want to run out of time. Uh, source, and portions of the program, of course, brought to you by Source Brewing. Uh, get your beers directly from the source, Route 34 in Colts Neck, New Jersey. It is a perfect time to go down there, sit outside, have a couple of beers. One of these days I'm going to get down there when it's not oppressively hot and humid and actually sit out to see the sunset uh, at source. I've got to do it one of these days. One of these days. Anyway, uh, they have been putting out these tart ales for the last few weeks. You know, Every so often, every couple of weeks, they're coming out with another one. Uh, and the last two weeks, they did four beers on a four beers on a um, on a release, which is, I mean, thankfully, I hate to say this, from my wallet, I'm kind of glad that some of them are stuff that I've had before. So, so a lot of times with the stuff that I've had before, I kind of pass on them, not because I don't like them, simply because of the fact that I don't have enough room in my refrigerator to store them. So um, it's good that this past week. Uh, out of the four releases, two of them I've already had, so I kind of said, okay, I'll put those aside. I'll get the other two new uh, that I haven't had. So anyway, uh, these uh, tart ales that they're doing, Kanaka Maoli Punch, I'm sure I'm manhandling the name. Boy, straight up fruit punch. Fantastic. Could drink 10 of them. Uh, just an excellent uh, sweet tart ale. Loved it a lot. Another brewery that I love a lot of that um, I just enjoy uh, wholeheartedly is Twin Elephant Brewing. Uh, their bounce to the ounce, their stout that they came out with, oh my goodness. Banana, vanilla, peanut butter, nuts, graham crackers, a cascade of flavor, as I like to call it. I think I have one can left. I gave away a can to somebody else, and I forgot what I did. Probably two cans I gave away, and I had two cans left. I still have a can. My wife is begging me to share this with her, so I'm going to have to share uh, the last can with her. A really good beer that I enjoyed a lot that was a collab between American Giant, the clothing manufacturer, and Samuel Adams, which I had over the 4th of July, the Samuel Adams American Crafted. This is a really nice, crisp lager. Very good. Uh, the, the, I, thank you, Sam Adams, for sending me the beers, and thank you, American Giant, for sending the, the clothing along with it. Um, an American-made T-shirt, very soft, uh, a, a hooded sweatshirt that is quite heavy in that because I'm fat, I need to lose a little bit of weight, so it actually fits me nicely. Um, all done up, red, white, and blue. Fantastic beer. Loved it. Uh, one of the beers that Source repeated uh, and came out with again on 4th of July, and I was happy to buy because a portion of the proceeds to this went to the Intrepid Air and Space Museum uh, right in the uh, right in Manhattan, uh, Independence Day by Source, which is a collab between Source and Pat Lafreda Meats. Fantastic beer. I love this beer. It is just... The right amount of IPA at 6.5% that you need uh, while you're barbecuing. You don't want to get too overwhelmed. A great, hazy, juicy beer. Uh, Limeberry Twist from Alesmith. 
uh, that I had gotten a while back. Finally had a chance to crack this open. Tart, nice, uh, refreshing beer. Good for a, uh, for a very uh, for a hot summer's day. Um, Coastal Kolsch, uh, which is by Tom's River Brewing. A friend of mine had brought this over uh, when he came to my house a couple of weeks ago. Um, I feel like something is missing in this beer. Uh, I love a good Kolsch, but something felt off on this, and I don't know what it was. And again, Kolsch's Pilsner is very unforgiving. Uh, if you make a mistake on them, you know about it. And somewhere in here, there's a mistake, and I don't know what it is. So I, I wasn't super crazy about it. It's okay, uh, but it's not great. Uh, can can a Dankwa from other half? Whew, talk about a dank beer! Fantastic, really good job from other half. Source of wit, uh, their blueberry, excellent, light, bright, delicious. Pours that beautiful blueberry hue. Uh, that I really enjoy a lot, and I'm a sucker for blueberry. If it's got blueberry in it, more than likely I'm going to buy it. It was an excellent beer. Glad I purchased this one. Uh, Saison Pastique from Source. This is, uh, it was a watermelon beer, and it's funny. Uh, one of the people that works for Wet Ticket, Kim, uh, sent me uh, a message the other day on Instagram uh, where um, a brewery that she likes to go to, I think it's Tin Barn, um, she sent me a picture of their can that they did a watermelon beer. I don't believe it was a Saison, um, but the can art on both the, that can and sources, very, very similar. I'm wondering if the graphic designers for each of these breweries kind of used the same mat, the same template uh, to make the, uh, the the can art. It's very, uh, it, pardon the pun, uncanny, the way these two cans came out. However, um, this beer... Uh, watermelon forward and a little bit of spice to this. This is definitely not like um, feels like summertime. Uh, the watermelon wheat that, that uh, Wet Ticket puts out, which I think is a fantastic beer, very very different. Uh, not not the same at all. Yes, this source one saison pastique watermelon forward, but that spiciness in it really uh, sets it to a different um, a, a different taste, different palate. I, I don't want to say different level because I think both beers are very good. But they're just different beers, so um, you definitely get a different taste out of it. Uh, Chaperones by Other Half. Bit of a burn on this one. It's okay, but the acidic taste was really bothering me on that, and I don't know why. Um, I just I didn't care for it uh, as much as I do a lot of Other Half's beers. Uh, then made a trip uh, last weekend down to Kane and to Bradley Brew Project. So we went to Kane because they have some seltzers there, which my wife and uh, a friend of ours, who just turned 50, uh, over the weekend, uh, wanted to go check out because our one friend is gluten. Uh, she needs everything gluten free. She's gluten intolerant. So um, they had a cherry lime and they had a blueberry lemon. The cherry lime, very tasty. The blueberry lemon, eh, I would have liked a little bit more lemon in it. If you're going to tell me that it's blueberry lemon, don't give me one of, you know, don't give me heavy on the blueberry and light on the lemon. They should be sort of equaled out to kind of get that taste. I don't know. If, and again, I don't know if you could do that. But I think you can, and um, I felt like that was lacking a little bit. But a couple of the beers that I had at Cane, the Small Batch Sour IPA by Cane, the mango was okay, it needed more sour. My problem with Cane is I don't think they do such a great job on their IPAs. I think their IPAs are lacking a little bit. I don't know what it is. It's not their specialty. It certainly is not what they do the best. And for me, um, I find their other stuff much better their stouts their 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 um their darker beers their belgians much better than their ipas and that's just my own personal opinion the aloha shirt though a lot of uh, nice coconut and pineapple in this this was good it, i again i got tasters of both of them uh but again I, i'm not so crazy about their ipas now their weekend in bavaria 
their Dunkel uh, Dunkel beer, fantastic. Could drink fifteen of them. Well done. Always an excellent beer. Loved it a lot. And then I had the Raspberry Cloud Cover, which is a very good beer uh, for a summer's day. Definitely something that you want to check out. Over at Bradley Brew Project, I had their Cute Aggression, which is sort of their, um, uh, which is their newest IPA. Nice. Uh, had that, that juiciness to it. Not too bad. Please talk about it. This is their, um, this is their West Coast IPA. It's okay. It's not great. Um, it was lacking a little something. I liked it as a change of pace as a taster. Um, had their Bradley Amber Lager. Very good lager. Not fantastic. Very good. Uh, easy drinking. Uh, nice. Their Little Squeezy, though, their uh, Pale Ale, I loved. The pa- the Little Squeezy, I could drink 15 of them. They were so good. I mean, just a delicious beer. Uh, well done. And um, definitely something that I would drink over and over again. And then uh, finally was that alternate ending for the New Jersey Craft Beer event that they had there. Had the All-American Amazonian, uh, which is their um, their collab between um, them and Screamin' Hill, which was excellent. Tart, very tart. Dug it a lot. Actually, no. Is that the one? You know what? I have to check on Tapped again because I think I made a mistake. They had the Cezanne that they had at alternate ending which I have to, uh, you know what, let me go into the uh, to the brewery section here. I don't want to run out of time because I really enjoyed uh, their Cezanne, their combo. What was it? What did I have here? I had their, their lager, which was really good. Um, oh, boy. I know we're going to run out of time here. Yeah, that was the All-American Amazonian was their fruited Berliner Weiss. Uh, that is a good beer, very nice, very tart. Uh, really enjoyed that a lot. And I'm trying to find their other beer here. Ah, this was their uh, Farmhouse Saison. Excellent beer. Uh, very well done. Would have liked a little more spice to this, but a delicious beer nonetheless. Great job from them uh, with uh, with the alternate ending Screaming Hill collab. And then I had their lager, which was supposed to take five minutes to pour, but I don't know if it really took five minutes to pour, I have to admit. Uh, but it was very good and and, you know, uh, nice and drinkable. Alternate Ending is doing such a great job. If you haven't been down there to Aberdeen, you definitely need to check it out. We're going to get um, Scott back on the program again very soon. My thanks to everyone involved in the show, as well as my guest, Brett Bullock, the owner of Screaming Hill Brewery in Cream Ridge, New Jersey, and, of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m., this has been the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Cheers, everybody.